We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. It is now week 14, believe it or not. I am Scott Jensen. Joined, as always, by Andrew Laird. If you could please rate or review the podcast, that'd be greatly appreciated. It does help uh, people find the podcast. helps us out a, a great deal. So if you've been enjoying listening to this during the year, uh, leave us a bunch of stars. That'd be, uh, that'd be very, very nice. Uh, Andrew, week 14, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I was telling my wife that we're starting to get to that point of the season where I'm like, it's almost over, but then like with DFS, it's really like through the Super Bowl, uh, yeah. so it's not really remotely close to being over. Um, but the, the prepping for a thirteen-game full slate is almost over. Though, yes, that, that is, part which is, is what you over. and I really care about. Um, it also kind of felt like maybe the Patriots were ready for the season to be over after last night's game. Um, I feel like we're going to see a few of these yep. games that like teams are just look like they're giving up because. This part of the season always just feels a little wonky like that. So who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, it's weird. You get the final core. You get some teams look like that. And then you get some teams who are bad, but all of a sudden throw up like 45 points. The the famous Steve Berline, Patrick Jeffers, like final <laughs> season, like whatever it was in two, uh, 1999, I think it was, uh, which is like insane. So you get some runs like that, too. And it's it's fun trying to figure out, you know, which of those which of those going to happen, which teams are going to shut it down. And um, yeah, Cam Newton looks like he's uh, he's ready to uh, to hang out for the summer. <laughs> for sure. For sure. But yeah, I mean. So this slate, sorry, this slate is this slate's fun. This slate is big. We have 13 games on the slate. Uh, no, bi- the bye weeks are done. 
Uh, we don't have any double headers on Monday or no Tuesday or Wednesday games, at least so far. Do you have a Thursday game? You mentioned the Patriots-Rams last night. Uh, Steelers-Bills should be a fun game on Sunday nights, also off the slate. And then Ravens-Browns, which is weirdly a fun game, weirdly an interesting game, is uh, off the slate. Nobody thought that in August. It's, uh, it's funny that next week the Niners-Cowboys got moved off Sunday night for Browns Giants. Like yeah. if you told me that in August, I would have said you are on so many drugs right now. It's crazy. But uh, here we are. This is uh, the NFL is uh, from three three months uh, three months ago. It's, it's much different than we thought it would look like. Well, I mean, it's like a combination of two things in that one. Like the Cowboys never get flexed out. Like yeah. never. And then to find out they're getting flexed out for the Browns, and you're just like, this is and the, the Brown. It's not even like the Browns Steelers. It's Browns Giants. Yes, uh, that's right. Right. Does not say much about how the Cowboys and 49ers seasons have gone. I guess Andy <laughs> Dalton and Nick Mullins maybe is not selling many uh, TVs on at Christmas. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. So we do have we have a we have 13 games as I mentioned. We have a we have four games that are look like pretty high totals. Four games that are low, and then the other games are uh, kind of in the middle. On the high end, we have uh, Green Bay and Detroit uh, takes the cake at 55. Uh, Titans Jaguars fun game uh, from a fantasy perspective 53. Vikings, Bucks, 51 and a half. Colts, Raiders, 51 and a half. And we're at the point of the season where, you know, we have so many games that it, it's interesting. There were, I found myself just kind of tossing some games out this week. You never like tossing full slates out or full games out. But you get to a game, you're like, yeah, I don't really think with 13 games I want to mess with this. So it's interesting. You got to figure out which games you like, which games in the high 40s. Maybe you think it bump a little higher. But uh, with a 13-game slate, I think it's it's safe to kind of you know throw a a majority of, of a game out. Like you, there's always a there's always a running back or maybe a, a cheap receiver you may want from a game. But with so many games, some of these uh, low-scoring games, you want to you want to kind of avoid as much as you can. Yeah, and we've kind of talked a f- few times over the past few weeks about how there are some games that uh, may have a low total, but it's like a overwhelming spread. And so it's like this game only has a 40-point total, but one team has 29 implied points. Um, most of the low totals in this slate are fairly close. And so um, I think, let's see, it was that five or six games that are below 47 and they're all within basically a field goal except for one, um, which is that, uh, which one is that? New Orleans? Yeah, yeah, Saints Eagles, I think is seven and a half or eight on the road. But we got Cowboys Bengals is 43 and a half. The, uh, The Niners and the football team is 43 and a half. Texans Bears is 44 and a half. So it's, uh, it's a, it's a really fun slate. As I, as I was going through it, like I found a lot of plays kind of at every price range. A lot of – I've been struggling with trying to find running backs I like a lot of the season. There's like seven I like. There's like a lot of guys I like this week. So it's a, it's a tough week because you got really – you have to parse down the options where, you know, a, a few weeks ago we had nine or ten games and all of a sudden you can kind of – you know, there's really some guys you focus in on. But this week it's uh, – yeah, figuring out uh, how, to, how to limit your core players is going to be really valuable this week. Yeah, I actually unfortunately found myself in a number of situations where – I found guys I liked and I was like, oh man, like, but maybe I should play this other guy who I definitely do not like, but happens to have a great situation is a little underpriced. Like, I think there are plays, plays that actually jump out at you and you're like, I should play that one. But then you find, you find one that you're a little more comfortable with, whether that's the right move or not is different, but at least you feel a little bit better about it. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if come Sunday night and you know, whether you're just below the cash line or, or what, and you're like, man, if I had just done what I know I should have done instead of what I wanted to do, that would yep. that's a decision to make. Oh, the number of times I've had that conversation on Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, last couple weeks have been good, though. I think I think we've had a lot of good hits on the podcast the last couple weeks, so hopefully for a third week in a row. Last week, uh, you know, Corey Davis came up huge for us, a guy that we talked about a bunch, and uh, so it was a it was a high scoring week, but uh, we had some we had some good lineups. So hopefully we keep that uh, keep that train rolling here. Let's jump right into running backs. Um, we've got uh, two guys that are kind of at the top at the elite here. Now that Christian McCaffrey is not going to play this week, you've got Dalvin Cook at Tampa Bay at ninety four hundred, Derek Henry at Jacksonville eighty seven hundred. Uh, Henry sticks out to me this week as easily a play over Dalvin Cook, but uh, you know Dalvin's a stud. But going against the Tampa run D, like I just I don't think I'm paying up this this week for Dalvin. Yeah, no, I think Dalvin just turns into the perfect GPP pivot from Henry. Um, yeah. I mean, there, it's still a what is that a seven hundred dollar difference? It's not nothing yeah. on DraftKings, so um, it's not totally a one v one. But um, yeah, Henry, I mean, just explodes off the page, and for every reason possible, um, we finally were saying. Um, was that last week? Yeah, last week, like we finally found the game script that took Henry out. Yeah. Um, and it just happened, to, you know, they were down 100 points at the half. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's basically from the from the hot Browns who are now Sunday night fodder. Um, yep. But, I mean, they're, they should kill Jack, Jacksonville. Uh, there's every, you know, everything works in their favor in the fact that they like to use Henry to get up and then they like to use Henry to stay up. And so... Yep. I think he, I mean, the price is obviously high, but he seems like the pretty obvious pl- first place you go for cash games, at least. Yeah, it's funny. We talk about Henry getting, you know, game scripted out. He still had 16 touches for yeah. 69 yards. Like, that's getting scripted out for Henry. It's crazy. I mean, they were down 38 to 3 at halftime. I mean, that was an insane. Like, it really takes something that extreme. But, I mean, I think that we all think, we look at, you look at the totals, look at the implying team totals, we all think that Tennessee's going to score a lot of points against Jackson. It's just a matter of, you know, a lot of people like Ryan Tannehill this week. A lot of people like Derrick Henry. And then you've got both receivers. It's kind of figuring out, uh, you know, who's going to end up with a, with a, with a bunch of those points. And I, I love, I like. Usually, I, I'm not a big Henry person, but I love him this week. I mean, it wasn't uh, like we said, it wasn't great against them in Week Two. They they played in Week Two. He had 25 carries for 84 yards. But prior to last week's down game, he was 178 and three, 133 and one, 103 and zero. Like he's just. He's just a guy that is going to get the ball a ton. And when he's rolling, he's just impossible to stop in the second half where they have a lead. And I mean, Jacksonville gave 120 yards to Dalvin Cook last week. That was 32 carries. But uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt had 206 yards the week before. James Conner was 13 for 89 in week 11. James Conner, of all people. Like, it's just <laughs> this, this. I mean, this defense is just, I mean, getting thrashed everywhere. I just, I, I think Derrick Henry's like a fantastic play this week. Cash games, GPPs will probably be a little bit high there, but. I think there's enough running backs, maybe $1,000 less, that maybe keep a little bit of that percentage off Henry. There's a lot of guys on the slate, and obviously as you get the bigger slate, you have more options, so maybe percentages go down a little bit. But uh, Henry over Cook for me for sure this week. Yeah, I think uh, the, the percentage itself is probably going to be lower than we are expecting from a guy in such a perfect situation because of the 13 yeah. games. But I think, yeah, he'll he'll certainly be the highest. The James Conner shade there, man. Oof, poor guy. <laughs> so- yeah, seriously, I, 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 I should only do that pre-COVID. I should not do that now. Hopefully he's feeling well, obviously. He's a cancer survivor, so we do worry about that. But uh, he was definitely struggling at the time when he put yeah. up those days at 13 for 89. Uh, funny with Dalvin Cook last week, we talked about, you know, they, they talked all week, like maybe we'll limit him. Uh, all he did was have 38 touches in that game against uh, against Jacksonville. Uh, Alexander Madison was out that game, so I think that impacted it a little bit too. Like they just didn't really have an easy way to, to get him out, but uh, – Let's jump down a little bit lower. There's a lot of running backs. I found running backs in the mid-range difficult most of the season, but uh, I think there's a lot of playable guys this week. Um, jump down to you first. Like in this in this mid-7,000s, uh, who jumps out to you as someone that you're you're trying to get in your lineup this week? Um, it's funny. Like Aaron Jones makes so much sense 
um, just as like the running back for a big favor in a game with a high total. Um, but like, I mean, we've talked about it for weeks now. Like what Aaron Rodgers does at the goal line is just so amazingly tilting when you have somebody yep. like Aaron Jones um, that you like almost need to just rely on a big, like a 30 yard touchdown for him to come because if they get anywhere remotely close, it just doesn't seem like they can get him in. It's funny. I played Rodgers and Adams last week, so I, I liked it, but they got down to the two or whatever, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're not going to throw it. And they did it again. And they throw it – like, they don't do it, and they throw it again after that. You're right after like, it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they just don't even think about running. It's it's so wild. And Jones last week was 15 for 130, but he had that 77-yard touchdown yep. right at the end of the game. So you look at it, you're like, oh, he had a huge game. But, you know, if he was, what, 16 for whatever that is, 63 – like it's suddenly like, oh, Aaron Jones was quiet again last week. So it's funny how one play can do that. But it was a weird play too. Like it seemed like it, it should have yeah. ended five or six times, and he yeah. all of a sudden I he was just in the end zone twice. I thought he was gonna get tackled twice, and all of a sudden he cut back. And I, I think that uh, you know Jacksonville was like, dude, just get me out of here. Yep. Like, yeah. So, oh no, sorry, who they were? That was not Jacksonville last week. Whoever they were Philly. Last week. Philly, that's right. <laughs> Same thing. A team that's a team that's does not want to be out there anymore. Basically, yeah. Um, but you look at the matchup against Detroit. They're indoors. Detroit's allowed 23 rushing touchdowns to the running backs, which leads the NFL. Um, you know, David Montgomery and Cordero Patterson had three touchdowns rushing the ball last week. Um, you know, Dalvin was was 206 for two against them week nine. And then you look back a little bit. Aaron Jones was massive against Detroit in week two. He had 168 yards rushing, two touchdowns, also 68 yards receiving in a touchdown. Matchup-wise, everything lines up for Jones. The price is pretty good at 7,600. They should have a lead. Um, my only reservation is kind of what you mentioned with the with the inside the five touchdown stuff is like it's just who knows what they're going to do there. Uh, I think I'd like to point out that uh, Devontae Adams played 38 snaps in that game. Um, That's a good point. And had three targets. And Devontae Adams with three targets certainly allows uh, Aaron Jones to do whatever he wants. And I just have no thought that he would only have like i don't know how you can go into this week and be like eh, i'm gonna play jones because they figured Devonte adams out and only held him to three yeah, well, he, got, he got hurt in the second quarter right. of that game so i mean that, otherwise we could have seen you probably would have seen 10 targets so, right so that's a good point and that, that that definitely skewed that first week especially the, the four catches 68 yards like he just he's not he's not getting that probably unless if adams is playing yeah so i mean i think jones makes a ton of sense as another pivot from henry uh, I don't think you really need to play both, but um, I think it, that works well. But I think it's like the group under – I, I want to leave Chris Carson in this group. Like he's – what is he, 6,900. But like I think Chris Carson makes a great play this week against a very overmatched Jets team, especially with uh, Seattle starting to run the ball a little more. They're using him in the passing game. I think there are plenty of people who are going to focus on DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett because the Jets give up tons of yards and points to yep. wide receivers, but I think Carson's a great play this week. Yeah, I mean, the Jets are so weird because they're just so easy to pass against that teams just aren't running. They have, they've given up one rushing touchdown the last yeah. seven weeks. Like, I think we, we're always like, oh, we got to target these these running backs against the Jets because teams are going to be up, and then you look and you're like, oh, well, they've allowed one 100-yard rusher all year. It's just, it's very strange that, I guess it's just so easy. They have nobody to stop the pass, and we saw it with Derek Carr last week. Even on, uh, even we have no timeouts and the game's almost over, they still are easy to pass against. So Yeah. Sorry, that's my one shot against you and Greg Williams. Um, He's gone now. Problem solved. Yeah, yeah, everything's fine now. <laughs> um, before, I, I do agree on Carson. I think that he, he's looked good. The, the snaps went up last week. He's up to 42 snaps. Um, he was uh, 13 for 65. He had three uh, three catches for 45 yards. He's, he's catching. He has four receiving touchdowns this year, yeah. which is like 
I think more than he has his whole career, I think was the stat I saw. I think he had three coming in, and they're 13.5-point favorites. Um, we know that Pete Carroll loves to run the ball. He's one coach that I think, even if they're passing the ball easily, if the second half they're leading, probably hands the ball off a lot. So I think Carson does make a lot of sense, too. And, I mean, our, our, old, our old standby, James Robinson, is still in this range. Like, he's been he's been priced up. He was 6300 yeah. two weeks ago, which we talked about at the time was an absurd price. But 7500 against Tennessee, um, you know, we, we've seen they don't really get game scripted out with him. He had 24 more touches last week for 108 yards. That's 94 plus 94 or more total yards in six straight games. He was good last week. Last time against Tennessee in week two, 16 for 102. The, the keys I just one thing I wanted to highlight with Robinson is you look at his touches. Uh, the last six weeks, Jacksonville's played some close games, played some blowouts. His touches are 26, 25, 25, 19, 27, 24. Like the consistency in touches is insane with him. Like they just they no matter what the score is, how the game's going. Robinson touches the ball 22, 23, 24 times a game. Yeah, he seems like the guy every week that I have in my lineup and then like ultimately I tinker away from him and he has like a great game every week. And I feel like that must happen to a lot of people because he's never like overly popular. Um, I just think because he's James Robinson on the Jaguars. Like it's just you're like, oh, it's just so much sexier to go to Aaron Jones or Dalvin Cook or whoever it may be. I think I just been kind of slotting him in though. Like every week he's not massive, but he's just so solid and so good that it just it's, it creates a really nice base at one of the running back spots. Like I said, he's, he's priced up than he was uh, a couple weeks ago. But Sammy Hunter, I, I still think he's very much in play. Yeah, it's just funny to like, you'd be perfectly fine if over the last six weeks you decided to pay 6000 6000 for a running back on a touchdown underdog. <laughs> and yeah, he'd right. get the touches and like, it's perfectly fine. Um, and every, every single week he's come through. Yeah, it's, it's right. crazy. And you could say that he had that good game against Tennessee back in week two, and he wasn't even really James Robinson back then. He was just a guy. So, like, uh, yeah, I think he – it's another one. Like, I think there are a ton of running backs you can play this week. Um, and yet I still think Henry's going to be dominating the ownership at least. Yeah, I found myself as I was building lineups kind of getting into, like, two guys in this range was what was I was trying to build. And then if you go Henry and a cheaper running back, you know, you got to find the cheaper running back, which I think is a little bit tougher this week. But sticking in this range, uh, Austin Eckler is 7,000 this week. Great matchup against the Falcons. Um, the Chargers are tough right now. Like they have, they have uh, failed to cover six weeks in a row. Anthony Lynn has the worst uh, against the spread record of any coach. He's like, I forget what it is, like nineteen and thirty-eight or something like that. But they got shut out last week by the, by the Patriots and looked as awful as you could look in a shutout. Like they, they earned that shutout. <laughs> Their special teams is the most egregious thing I've, I've seen in the NFL in a long time. Like I've never seen a special teams that are this poorly coached. They, they play this bad. I mean, they, they had 10 guys in the field twice and turned into big plays. Not like they did it once. They're like, oh, my God, can't we mess that up? Let's fix it. Like, they did it again. It was, it's just – it's crazy. But Eckler kind of got game scripted out last week. Like, the game was just weird. But he still had nine targets in that game. Like, he still was very involved, at least in the passing game. Um, but, you know, the, the game just got away from them. But Atlanta's, Atlanta's bad against the pass, pretty good against the run. They're only at 3.7 yards per carry. But they get, they get beat by receivers out of the backfield a bunch. Um, but 25 targets in two weeks with Herbert, uh, lots of PPR upside if the targets stay there. Um, Eckler 7,000, another guy in this range, I think very, very playable this week against the Falcons. Yeah. Um, Eckler was the second guy in my lineup, uh, behind Henry. Um, the, I think that makes sense. Yeah. The, the hesitation I had, which is the hesitation I have every week, whenever I have somebody from or against the Atlanta Falcons is that. I figured that was coming. I've just been burned too much. And obviously you can't let something as stupid as that uh, make the decisions for you. But I think the the clearest thing is they got absolutely blown out last week and he was still targeted nine times. Like the targets are just, it's peak Camara. 
Um, and probably and it's, in the... it's talented targets too. It's not yeah. like these guys that we get like Chris Thompson or JD McKissick where they get a lot of targets, but they got to catch 10 for it to work. Like right. Eckler at any point can bust into these plays. Like talented targets is, uh, is, is pretty important. Yep. And I think, I mean, he's probably going to end up with more rushing attempts than Camara would get anyway. But I think if you like, you're in this situation, if we still had Drew Brees, we have Camara at 7,100. Um, I think you'd look at the two of them and you'd say, no, I, I want Eckler. Yeah, and I mean, Camaro with Breeze, that would be a different animal. And the, the funny thing with the Falcons you mentioned, like if you were to flip on box scores later and you saw that they won 31-7 or lost 31-7, I don't think you'd be surprised either way. Like, both, <laughs> totally. You totally see, like you see the Chargers killing this game, you can see the Chargers getting, it, this is one of those games that I actually like the Chargers this week. They're, they're plus two and a half. Um, plus two and a half at home against the at Falcons. Home. Like I'm going to take that, but I think the overreaction from last week is huge, but uh, no Julio may alter that line a little bit, but uh, I do like the Chargers this week. But I, I think there may- might be some like some fantasy uh, analysis clouding our view of the team. Like it's one of the, we're like, the Chargers are awesome, but it's like, they're actually not very good at yeah. winning football games, which uh, that's true. Tends to be the part, the, the important part. And I was kind of, I was a little surprised, you know, just from a fancy angle. This, this, I think the over is 49 or 49 and a half. I think this is a game that could get back and forth pretty good. Like, I think For both sure. these teams score, can struggle on defense. I think that's a game that, that goes over the number two. Uh, you mentioned Kamara. He was 15 for 88 rushing last week, had the, had the 30 yard touchdown that kind of made his day. But you still look at the targets three targets with Taysom Hill, only two catches. He has six total targets in three games with Taysom Hill. I mean, he always has upside. He's one of the most talented guys out there, but it's hard to get excited about play, paying for Kamara right now without the receiving upside. Yeah, I want no part of it. Simple yeah, just, I mean, it was good last week, but like it has to work exactly like it did last week for it to work. And I mean, they should be up on Philly and they should run, but Taysom Hill had 14 rushes last week. And that just takes every, every time he runs the ball, it takes a touch away from Kamara. And as a fantasy, fantasy manager, you just don't want that. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that he had a ceiling game last week, like a ceiling Taysom Hill game, and he had 17, 17 crazy, points on fan, on DraftKings. So, like, no thanks. Yeah. That used to be uh, his floor. I know. It's 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 wild. What's, uh, what, it's interesting because Hill's actually played pretty well last week and had 83 yards rushing and two touchdown passes. And uh, interesting to see how different that offense is going to look uh, in next week or so it, when Drew Brees comes back, if he does come back next week. But... Uh, dropping down a little bit, we've got uh, last week's hero. We have the uh, the running back who led all res- running backs in points last week with 27.1. We talked about him a lot at 5,500. He's now 6,500. We have David Montgomery in another insanely good matchup. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, I can forget about David Montgomery now. He did well in that good matchup. And then you look up, you're like, oh, he plays Houston this week. You're like, damn. So um, your boy Jonathan Taylor had 91 yards against Houston last week. That's how bad it's gotten for Houston. We'll get um, to him, too. El- the week before, Adrian Peterson and Carrion Johnson were over 100 yards total uh, against uh, Houston. So it's in. We talked about it all year. I mean, Houston's terrible against the run. I don't know. Montgomery, like the last two weeks, 143 and 111 total yards. Uh, Houston's leading the NFL, or I guess trailing the NFL with a 5.2 yards per carry and 21.5 fantasy points per game to running backs. Like the matchup is insane. He is priced up a thousand. Uh, does the price up get you off Montgomery? Or are you still are you still aboard for this run? I think Montgomery is the definition of the player that you should play, and you're not going to because you don't want to pay 6500 for Montgomery. And we're looking on Sunday night, and we're like, oh, he had you know a buck twenty and two touchdowns, and we're like, I just didn't want to do it. It's so funny you say that because we talked last week. Like I had two lineups last week, and you and I are in this like roto wire quote unquote expert league that we that we play in, and um, I kind of got away from the, in that lineup from like all the obvious plays like Montgomery and all these like list of guys that were like, I really liked on the podcast. And I put them all on my second team for some odd reason. 
And my first team was like 130 points. And my second team was 205 points. So it's like, it's just exactly what you say. It's like, you should play the, the, play the guy that looks obvious and you should play. And I just, I got away from that a little bit last week with Montgomery and only played him on my, my secondary teams, which still worked there. But like, same kind of thing. Like, I don't know, 6,500 against Houston with the way he's been touching the ball and the carries. Like, you can argue against him because he's David Montgomery. But you mentioned it last week. Like, he looks a little bit different running the ball the last few weeks. Like, he looks – the way he's making guys miss, making some cuts, like, he looks a little bit different than he did early in the year. I don't know if he's if he's fresh, if he's fully healthy. I don't know what it is. But you pointed out last week, and I watched the game watched the game after we talked about it. And uh, I agree. I think he looked a little bit different. Yeah, I, I just think – I mean, the, the snap share and the – Carry, I mean, it gets every carry basically. Yeah. Um, and so I just think if it was almost anybody else and they had this situation, uh, you know, if you were just like, here's the running back against this team and here are his stats and yep. he's 6,500 and Derrick Henry is 8,700 and you'd be like, yeah, give him to me. And uh, then you're like, it's David Montgomery. And you're like, oh. So do you play Montgomery at the same price, $100 more, fine. Uh, over Ezekiel Elliott at Cincinnati in a game the Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Zeke looked pretty good last week, 18 for 77 against Baltimore. Stopped three times on the one-yard line, and then they threw it to Amari Cooper, which almost cost me a lot of money in my season-long league that I ended up winning by, like, a few points. And, like, my wife – I'm watching the end of this Cowboys game. It was, what, 34-17, and I'm, yeah. like, stressing out. My wife was like, I don't know how you do this. Like, this is so stressful <laughs> to me. She's like in the back of our, we have a media room. She's in the back of our media room. Like, I don't know how you just like put her hand in her head. She's like, just don't throw it to number 19. I was like, you got to relax. It's okay. It's going to work out. But it's funny how we just like, these, these like stressful moments that I'm so used to, like right. are stressful, but I'm used to it. My wife was like freaking out about it. It was pretty funny. But um, it takes a special kind of person to, to sweat like we do. A special kind of sick person, yes. <laughs> um, Zeke hasn't scored a rushing touchdown since Dak last played a game. Mm-hmm. Which is almost impossible to think about the fact that you know the Cowboys get to get the goal line, they give him the ball, but they're clearly a different offense with Andy Dalton than they were with whoever who were they were throwing in there before. Like you could tell that like at least they're running stuff, and with Dalton he can make some passes. Like they aren't good, but they're a little bit different. Um, Cincinnati's allowing five five point oh yards per carry, so they're really bad against the run. Zeke is a favorite. Cincinnati's bad. Do you entertain Zeke at down at sixty six hundred for the for the first time in a long time? Yeah. And, and it's like, I could play Zeke instead of David Montgomery? I know, sure. right? Like, I, I'm sucked into that, too. And like you said, we're going to turn on the game. I'm like, oh, my God, what was I doing? But right. no, I, um, that's, that's an interesting, interesting little shift there. From A, a lot of people are going to play Montgomery this week. I think the funny thing about uh, Elliot is, uh, you say he got stopped three times, like, in close last week. Like, I felt in like a, that was happening. In ha- a row. Right. That happens with Dak, too. And, like, I, I think we always joke about how many guys we roster that get stopped at the one-yard line. Um, like, if the field was 99 yards, we'd be millionaires. And so, yep. um, but Elliot was, has always been that. But, like, the possibility of, of Dak faking it and running himself, I felt right. like at least gave defenses a little bit of hesitation on, like, totally crashing on Elliot. And Dalton certainly does not provide that. And so, like, um, I don't know. I think... Like, I, if you saw that price, you know, in August, you'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah, of course yeah, I would did, take that. Did, did Zeke have, did Zeke break is like something, right? Right, right. And so uh, I think Zeke is a big reason why people will say, no, I don't want to play David Montgomery. I just wonder if people have been so burned by Elliot this year that they don't go there. But, I mean, I think he's finally at a price plus a matchup yeah. where I'm entertaining it for the first time in a, for seriously in a while. Yep. So. 
Um, let's jump down to some cheaper guys. Um, I, we've talked about a lot of guys we like in the mid-range, but some cheaper guys. I found it a little harder to find cheaper guys this week than usually. There's not that obvious one. Now, David Johnson may not play this week. Um, if you like Duke Johnson, he's priced down to 4,800. He was so bad when he played. And the Bears, uh, the Bears' defense is not quite the same as it was, but like at the Bears is not really a spot that I'm going to target. Yep. Houston doesn't. I mean, they just don't run the ball. Watson's so clearly away, too far away their whole offense that they just either he's running it or he's passing it. I just he's forty eight hundred. I guess I could see that, but uh, I don't know. I don't get really excited. What do you do with with Jonathan Taylor? Um, We talked about him. I joked about him being your boy earlier because we kind of wrote him off uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, he's he's coming on the last couple weeks. Uh, Ninety yards uh, two weeks ago, ninety one yards last week. Seven catches in those two games. Good to see him being used out of the backfield. Still only 33 snaps last week, which sticks out to me a little bit. There's still a timeshare aspect to the situation. Uh, pretty good matchup this week. The Raiders are allowing 4.7 yards per carry. The Colts are favored in this game on the road. Um, do you even think about going to Taylor? And, you know, you, you're a cash player. Do you, can you entertain Taylor at all in your lineup? Definitely. Um, all right. I actually, yes. you were saying you didn't like anyone down here, and I thought it was only because you have permanently scratched Jonathan Taylor off your list. <laughs> because... I mean, at 5,800 against the Raiders, um, he's not getting a ton of snap, you know, as many snaps as you want, but he's getting touches on those snaps. A little of your uh, Damian touches, Harris situation. The, the touches look good, too. Like, he's mm-hmm. made more guys miss and broken more tackles the last two weeks than he had the whole start of the season. So yeah. um, he looks like he might be finally starting to get comfortable in the NFL. And he's obviously a talented guy and, you know, was crazy good in college. But I'm still a little bit scarred. I'll admit it that I, I I still worry that like I'm gonna flip the game on and Naheem Hines just goes in the end zone for the third time and I just want to really break something. Uh, I mean that's certainly in the realm of possibility. So it's not. I mean this is not like a risk free play, but it's 5700. <laughs> so you you have to take some. But like 90 and 91 rushing yards in the past two games, seven targets over that span. Like I think we obviously worry about Hines. I think Jordan Wilkins is like not even a factor at this point. Yeah, we can toss um, that one. So. Uh, but there are plenty of running backs that we play that occasionally come out on third down and, and passing plays. And so I think uh, if you can get uh, Taylor at that price, which is another one you can play instead, instead of David Montgomery, um, then, yeah, I think he could definitely be popular. And I, I don't think he's the only one down here that you could play. So the other two down here, there's a guy 100 below him and 200 below him. We got Wayne Gallman against uh, the Cardinals. Uh, Goldman was great last week against Seattle. Somehow, 16 carries, 135 yards. Granted, he had a 60-yard carry in there, but they all count. He had 94 yards and touchdown the week before. He's clearly the guy. Like, when they run the ball, they're handing it to Wayne Goldman. Uh, Daniel Jones might be back, which I think helps him. You know, you know that run-play option kind of uh, kind of threaten there that, that helps you out. No factor in the passing game. And I'm a little worried that Alfred Morris came in twice the goal line. I don't know what year we're in that <laughs> Alfred Morris is coming at the goal line, but he's been – Goldman has been the starter for five weeks. He's been a top 20 running back all five weeks. Like that level of consistency, that that that, that matters at this point. Like five weeks is a, enough of a time where like, you know, Wayne Gallman's a pretty big part of this offense. He has, um, he didn't score last week, 135 yards, but didn't score. But he had a touchdown in five straight games before that. Like he's had double digit points on DraftKings for six straight weeks. Um, so yeah, he's the guy I think. I think in that in that range, I think you're probably still playing Taylor, but I think he's he's perfectly fine. So if I jump down 100, Miles Gaskin is against uh, Kansas City, and uh, you know tough game script. They're seven and a half point dogs. Um, you know, anytime you play Kansas City, you you run that risk of Tyreek Hill having 200 yards in the first quarter, and you're right. down you know you're down 21 to zero before you touch the ball twice. But 
you know, he was very involved last week. He had 21 carries for 90 yards. He had two catches for 51 yards. He was good out of the backfield. He had, he had two 20, he had a 26 and 25 yard catch. Um, he's just su- whatever he plays. He's super like he, he was his first game back, and all of a sudden, it's your job. You go touch the ball 23 times. Like they're they're very willing to let him touch the ball a lot. With Tua playing back there, you know they're not you're not really opening up the passing game, so they use him a lot. Uh, Melvin Gordon quietly had 131 yards against Kansas City last week. Uh, Ronald Jones had 103 total yards before, so they've not been they've been you know running backs have got them a little bit the last couple of weeks. I find it hard to get excited about Gaskin, but Gaskin at 5600, a guy's going to touch the ball 20 times. Like you, you got to at least entertain that possibility. So. He had three carries inside the five last week. Um, how, how many negative yards did he have? Well, so the people who played him, I think it felt like he had 17 uh, carries inside. It was six carries inside the 10 uh, and Oof. three inside the five, and he couldn't score. Um, so I think there's some like uh, recency bias isn't really, oh, well, maybe it is negative recency bias um, just because he got burned or he burned people so much last week. But um I mean, Kansas City is better against the pass than the run, and if Miami can keep that game somewhat close using Gaskin, then I think uh, I think he makes sense. I, I mean, I don't know if blindly you play him over Gallman, but um, I think he's fine. And I think Kenyon Drake right below both of them is perfectly fine too. Yeah, Drake's Drake's frustrating. Like you just he you is. always wait for that big play and just kind of frustrating. Without without Kyler running, I don't like Drake quite as much because okay. you don't have that like dual threat, but. Yeah, I mean Drake is, and he's getting the, the thing with Drake now is if they do get inside the inside the five, they're gonna give it to him because Kyler's Kyler's not, not going anywhere. Ball, so yeah, that's uh, you know at, at some point the Cardinals are gonna have to change that, and, and Kyler's gonna have to run the ball because they're gonna be they're almost out of the playoffs now as it is, but they're gonna have to like take a shot at it. But uh, we'll talk about Kyler when we get to quarterbacks. But yeah, I mean I think that Drake always uh, you know in that offense they run a lot of plays. That offense is kind of not great right now, but. Um, can work. Any of these guys below that you like at all? We got Devontae Booker, if Josh Jacobs doesn't play at 5,300. Uh, Gio Bernard against Dallas is 5,000. Obviously, Joe Mixon, I don't think ever is going to play. And then um, you got Duke Johnson. The J.D. McKissick is 4,900. Um, Antonio Gibson's out in this game. He had 10 catches last week against Pittsburgh. Um, he probably needs the right game script. He probably needs Washington to be lead, or be trailing the 49ers and have to catch up. I, I worry that if they get ahead in that game, maybe they don't pass to him a lot, but you know, at 4,900, uh, the Niners are good against the run, but, uh, you know, not so good against the pass. So I guess it kind of works out there. Any of those, like, four guys, uh, you know, under Drake that uh, you're you're really interested in this week? Uh, I think McKissick could be weirdly popular. Um, I do, too. I do, too. Just because, uh, certainly on DraftKings with a full PPR, like, that, it just plays right into him. Um, there is one guy in this range who <laughs> happens to be playing in the game that we think will blast the over um he certainly shares carries but uh, i think part of it was injury and it's a full-fledged revenge game what do you think about 4800 for todd Gurley against the chargers there was an uh, article in the whatever uh, i forget which paper it was out there about how Gurley was supposed to be like the foundational piece of the team for this new stadium and his first game in it will be for the falcons so my only point is, you do know Todd Gurley played for the Rams, not the Chargers, yes? I'm not Gurley. Uh, no. <laughs> you called it a revenge game. Oh, did I? Oh, game. I'm sorry. My fault. LA. And at the stadium, though. Yeah. Stadium. Um, my fault. He just looks so terrible right now to me. I just, I don't know. He, he looks does. like he's hurt. He had eight carries for 16 yards last week. I just, I would play, I'd play the guys. I'd, I'd play, oh, I don't like Gio Bernardo, Duke Johnson. No, but you don't I don't. 
I I don't trust Todd Gurley. I, I he could fall in the end. He could fall in the end zone twice, which is the the real the real game shift you're looking for here in a, in a high total game. But um, I don't know. I think he's I think he's sharing carries enough and not looking good in the carries he shares. And I'm I'm full of far away. The irony of me messing that up is that I mix up Gurley and Gordon all the time, and yet so that would have made sense. That's right. I had to give you a smart ass reply to it anyway. Uh, des- well deserved. The funny part of it is I looked and I'm like, did Gurley play for the Chargers or the Rams? Right? No. I actually like looked it up as we were going because I totally, I was like, I, did I mess that no, up? No, I'm, I'm the idiot. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, you're usually better with but that yeah, stuff I, than I, I. I just, for all those guys we talked about, I think McKissick is going to be the most popular of that group um, just because like nobody likes to play Gio Bernard. Um, yeah. And for good, for good reason. Yeah. Right. And everyone else just doesn't have kind of the workload that you want. And McKissick I, might get it. I think the key for me in this range is that I can easily go up to Taylor, Gaskin, yeah. or Goldman for under six thousand and like them pretty significantly more. So I don't I don't think I need to play Devontae Booker fifty three hundred right. when he played thirty three snaps and Jalen Richard played thirty two. Like I just I just don't think it works when I can go up to a guy that I know is gonna touch the ball a bunch. Yep, totally agree. Cool. Let's jump into the passing game. First, a note from our sponsor, BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM is teamed up with Rotowire to offer new BetMGM subscribers a full, a free six-month Rotowire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website, and once you make your first sport w- sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of Rotowire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to, to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer is not available in Nevada. So we'll jump to the passing game. I, f- I found the running backs uh, really interesting this week, so we spent a lot of time on those. We jump to the passing game. Um, the top of the slate, we've got Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson between 7,500 and 8,100. Uh, Mahomes at the top of that 8,100. You're the Jets fan. Talk to me a little bit about Russell Wilson this week. Like, he just looks so good on paper. Like, he's they're, they're a huge favorite. They'll score a lot of points. You wonder how much they're going to throw, how much they're going to shut it down late. But, like, teams can just throw so easily against the Jets. I don't know if Pete Carroll's going to be tempted by that or tempted to hand the ball to Carson and Hyde and all those guys the second half. So how do you feel about this game? Um, I thought it was enough of Carson potential that, uh, and more, less game script and more just Carroll himself. Seems like he wants to get Carson involved more. And so uh, I think Rodgers is the best play in this group. And because he's cheaper than Wilson, it was kind of easy for me to say, no, I'll just play Rodgers. it's a bummer that like Watson finally gets in, up in this group in the worst matchup that you could probably have, at least for his remaining schedule. Um, and like, can you ever actually go wrong with Mahomes? So like, I think it's Rodgers yeah. and Mahomes at the top of the four. And I think Rodgers probably separates himself because they just, because he throws so much into the goal line. Simple as that. Yeah. He is priced up a little bit. 6,800 last week for Rodgers was insane. He wasn't, he was fine. He wasn't huge last week. And, Obviously, those people that got the Derek Carr game, uh, you know, benefited immensely from that. But I'm so tempted by Wilson this week. I got to be honest. But the last four games, you look, he hasn't topped 270 yards. He has four touchdowns total in those games. I just there's there's a part of me that thinks that Pete Carroll has to let him loose. But, you know, it's Pete Carroll and he's one stubborn bastard. And I just I worry that it's going to be, you know, 
whatever it is, 21 to six at halftime. And all of a sudden, you know, we just see Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde touch the ball 9,000 times in the second half. And, you know, Wilson has is efficient, but has 230 yards and two touchdowns. And I worry about that. But then the Jets are just so bad against the pass. I and mean, Derek Carr was, what, 381 and three last week. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was, had 257, two touchdowns week four. And Justin Herbert was huge threes before that. But I'm tempted by Wilson. Um, but I think you're right. I think Rodgers and Mahomes do make a lot more sense. Um, you know, the opposite of what Seattle's done the last five weeks is what is what Kansas City's done. Like, they were kind of holding back on their, their pass offense a little bit, and all of a sudden, the last five weeks, they are bonkers. They're over – He has Mahomes has attempted 40-plus passes in five straight games. Like, that is crazy for a team that is up a lot. They're just throwing – he's over 300 yards passing five straight. I really want to see the game plan in this one. Miami likes to blitz. And if you blitz Patrick Mahomes, you absolutely will get killed. Like he's like 9.5 yards per 10 to the blitz. Miami loves to blitz. I just don't think you do it this game. If they do, he's going to thrash them. I just, I think that Brian Flores has to like come up with a different game plan, but you're right. You can't go wrong with Mahomes. I don't think you can go wrong with Rogers either. Um, you know how much I love Deshaun Watson, but outside on the road without Will Fuller, he had 341 yards, 41 yards the first game without Will Fuller, but no touchdown passes. He's running the ball a lot, which is you know helpful. Like he has that rushing floor of like 30 to 35 yards yeah. now, which he didn't have earlier in the year. I love Watson, but it's hard for me to play him over the other three guys uh, with the situation right now. It's funny to me that you said like Rodgers wasn't that great last week when he had 295 yeah. and three touchdowns. It's just there were so many quarterbacks that did really well, and yeah. you and I talked about we wanted that 300 yard bonus to get him up there. Like it felt like he was really he was good for the price, but he wasn't like that huge breakout like made the slate. Whereas if you know, the guys that played Carr just got so many more points that it, just, it hurt in that regard. Super annoying, too. Um, yeah. And if if Marquez Valdez Santley doesn't drop a 50-yard pass, it's right in his hands, where Aaron Rodgers gave him the look of death, by the way. <laughs> the he looked at him like, I am never throwing you the ball at you again, and I don't know if he did. Uh, yeah. It's uh, You don't want to be on Rodgers' bad side, I don't mm. think. Uh, there's a lot of people that can attest to that, but... Uh, he dropped down a little bit. I do want to talk Kyler Murray just for a second because he was a guy that was like so automatic the first like eight or nine games of the year. I saw a stat um, the last the first nine games he had five point five designed run plays per game. So those are plays that like are designed for him to actually run the ball, not plays where he scrambles or gets rushed or runs, um, but actually designed for him to run five point five of those. He has nine total last three games. Wow. So anybody that's like his shoulders fine, everything's good. They have changed the way they've called offense last three weeks, and it's very clear they don't want him to get hit. There's going to be a moment where the shoulder is okay and they're going to want him again. He's probably going to have a huge game, but I have a hard time paying 7200 right now when I don't know what the offense is going to look like. Yeah, I think that, I mean, particularly on a slate where we have plenty of other options, like I just don't. Exactly. And the Giants defense has actually been pretty good recently. Yeah. And so, um, sure, the Giants, Giants team's been pretty good. Yeah. Right? Where they won, when they won four in a row. And it's, uh, it's wild that, you know, th- this division, we're like, it's going to be so bad. And, I, you know, Dallas and Philly might win seven games and fight for the division. It's going to be the Giants and, and, and Washington doing that. It's it's, it's kind yeah. of strazy. But Kyler, the last two games, 5.0 and 4.4 yards per attempt. So not only is he not running, they're, he's getting the ball out quickly and the throw is short. Like, it's just – it's a gross offense right now. And he always has that upside, and I get that. If you're, like, in a season-long playoff, like, you got to use him for the upside. But I just don't think – I don't see how you can use him at DFS right now. And, and you know, you might get lucky and he might start running again, but you're, like, you're kind of banking on the fact they're going to change their offense back. And it's hard to see right now. Yeah. There are just plenty of other places to go. Like, it, that's kind of what I just keep going back to. And, like, that game doesn't even have that high of a total. Like, we talk about how many high total games there are. Uh, and even some that aren't that high total, like that Chargers game, like, that could go over. And this and just you've doesn't... got one of one of the best cornerbacks in the league guarding his his number one receiver. You got James Bradbury. I, I just it doesn't. I don't see it at all. But 
You're going to hate me for this one, but I go down 300 bucks. I actually really like Tom Brady this week at, at 6,900. I know that you're going to roll your eyes and get mad at me for that, but multiple touchdowns in six of seven games. Um, Brady struggles with pressure, but Minnesota's 27th in the league in pressure rate, so it might be a spot where he can keep his jersey clean and, and throw the ball a bunch. 340-plus yards in three of his last six. So he's had some down games. When he plays well, when their offense is clicking, he, he really has a lot of upside. Mike Evans is questionable which scares me a little bit but i think they have enough weapons where even if evans doesn't play you got brown you got godwin you got gronk there's enough there um you know mike glennon had 280 yards on minnesota teddy bridgewater 267 which don't sound great but those are weak quarterbacks um you know when you look at what the what the good quarterbacks did against minnesota aaron Rodgers, matt ryan russell wilson four games against them they played Rodgers twice 14 touchdowns against those quarterbacks good quarterbacks have really smoked minnesota this year i know you hate it i know i know I mean, just play Justin Herbert, man. <laughs> I get it. You know, the Brady makes total sense. Game stacking, that one makes sense too because you got the excellent receivers on the other side that you can come back with. Yep. Uh, I, haven't liked, I haven't liked Brady in a lot of games, and I was one that uh, didn't like them coming to the season. So I haven't done it to you too much, but this is a week where I think Brady's a pretty good play. But you I mentioned Herbert. mentioned Herbert, 6,800. I do like that play this week too. I, I like the bounce back, and he was horrible last week. There's no way around it. Um, he looked like a rookie quarterback against Bill Belichick, right, which is yeah. like what we talked about. And like he was 26 and 53 for 209, like 209 and 53 passes. Is That's crazy. crazy. <laughs> like it's, it's hard to do that. So, um, but Taysom Hill was good against them last week. <laughs> Passing too. He had two touchdown passes. Um, Carr, Derek Carr was bad a couple weeks ago against Atlanta, but that was a weird game. Um, Atlanta's just been a great matchup all year against quarterbacks. They've given up the most quarterback points per game in the league. I know they've been a little bit better recently, but uh, this feels like a nice bounce back spot for Herbert. I think this game gets more back and forth than um, everybody else. The, the, the Vegas total does. I think it goes over over to the total, which is 49 and a half. I, I like this game as a, a, a game stack game. So I, uh, I like Herbert. I like Brady, like two guys in this range. If I want to save a little bit, I think both of them are really good plays. Yeah, totally agree. And we joked that he threw 53 passes last week. He threw 52 the week before. Like there's they, no, they, they, they drop back a freaking ton. There's no way around it. And with Eckler back, like, I was going to say so, Eckler back. And they're like, no, no we're going to so throw more. Just, exactly. You throw more. Like it's, it's great. Like you just don't have to hand it to Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson, all those guys. But um, yeah, I think that, I think it's a really nice bounce back spark for her. Yeah. I think he puts us in good stats. Yeah. I think uh, for cash game consideration, I started with Aaron Rodgers, but I think if I need any extra salary going down to Herbert and I guess Brady, would be fine. It's not worth. It's not. It's not so good. You got to play Brady against your against yourself. <laughs> I don't want you to feel sick all day Sunday. Uh, what do you do with Taysom Hill at sixty six hundred this week? Uh, Taysom Hill feels a little David Montgomery ish to me. Of like a guy I should probably play, and I'm just like, eh, I'll take anybody else, please. It's it's so funny when we look at what Hill's done these three games. Just how bonkers the first half game plan against Atlanta was. Yeah, like. They literally came out, we talked about it before, I know we talked about it, but they came out with the Drew Brees game plan, and it was so bad, and the last five halves, he's been very effective. He had 14 carries for 83 yards last week, 232 yards passing, but you have to use him in that way as a threat of the run, otherwise it makes no sense. He's not going to, it's not a five-step drop back and throw the ball kind of guy, and the fact that Sean Payton came out with that the first half was so weird, but... Um, you know, Hill just drops back, he either runs or he throws it to Michael Thomas, which is kind of what we've seen, like Michael Thomas over 100 yards in the two Atlanta games. Um, running quarterbacks have been good against Philly, too. Um, they're playing the Eagles this week. Dan, Dan Jones has 156 yards rushing in two games. Lamar Jackson at 108. So they have struggled against kind of the RPO-type quarterback. 
the rush floor has just been great with with Taysom. 51 and 2, 44 and 2, 83 rushing yards last week, no touchdowns. I don't think I could do it when I when I have Herbert and Brady right there in price with the, you know, those those like massive passing games, but like I would begrudgingly be playing Hill right now against the, an Eagles defense that, you know, maybe maybe is looking forward to uh, hanging out in Cancun in a month. Was that big Daniel Jones game the one where he fell after running for I think so, yes. Whatever. <laughs> Um, it should, should have been like an 80 yard touchdown. It was like a 65 yard uh, right. stumble neat joke instead. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think Hill's fine. I don't think anybody plays him in cash, which is weird. Cause like we always, or last season we were paying up for Lamar cause of the rushing floor and we're paying, we played up for Kyler early in the season cause of the rushing floor. Um, and yet for Taysom Hill, I'm just like, uh, I think it's just such yeah. ugly football that I just don't want to have to cheer for it. And I think the passing so floor sweet. is the passing floor is really low, and that always put, come into a fact. Like his thirty-seven two, passes last week. It made no. It's crazy. I mean, I guess what you do against when you play against the Falcons, but I don't know. You give me outdoors against Philly. I just uh, I don't know. I go Herbert and Brady this week over him. Yeah, I, I I hear you on that one. Real quick, down cheap. There's one guy that's kind of sticks out that everybody's talked about all week that we have to talk about a little bit. Um, Fifty-one hundred on DraftKings. We have Jalen Hurts in that game against Taysom Hill um, against New Orleans. I am not doing it. I think the matchup is too difficult. I don't. I just the first game, first full game against the Saints. I'm not doing it. But there is a real case to be made here. There, there is a rushing floor with him too. And if you get a rushing floor at 5100, that becomes a pretty interesting factor, especially if you want to throw him out there in GPP. He played half the game or so last week in, in relief for Went. Had uh, he was five for 12 for 109. You know they they kind of threw it downfield a little bit with him, but he had 29 rushing yards in the game too. And obviously he's a guy that was huge stats in college at Oklahoma, Alabama, then Oklahoma. Um, he's talented. He can get out of the pocket. I just, his offensive line absolutely sucks. Like it's just horrible. Um, and New Orleans hasn't given a 300 yard passing all year. Um, after a lot of touchdown passes early, like they've been really good against the past. No 300 touchdown passes a whole season. It's pretty wild in today's yeah. NFL. I don't think I could do it, but I get why people might. Cause the price is so insanely cheap and you might get, if you get like 45 yards rushing, like suddenly it gets, it gets pretty interesting pretty quickly. But what about the same price for the guy facing the team that's allowed the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks, including the most passing yards? Who is that? Sam Darnold. Uh, you're going back to Sam Darnold, huh? There's no back. But, like, <laughs> the Seahawks have been an absolute sieve this season. They've been better, better lately. A little bit better, better lately, but better you're lately. right. I mean, perfect game script, too. The, um, also, the, the better lately is banged-up Kyler, uh, Carson Wentz, and Colt yeah. McCoy. That's a very good point. Like, I think you look at stats, like a bit lately, you have to look at who they've been playing. So, uh, yeah, I think that's interesting. I think that uh, I wish Denzel Mims was playing because yeah. I think that's another weapon that like, you can really hit a big play with. Uh, but, yeah, I, here's I'll say this. I'd rather play Darnold than Hurts. I'm not playing Darnold. But yeah, I'm not- <laughs> Don't get me wrong. If you take that sound clip, make sure you include the Hurts part. But, um <laughs> I just I think that I think the risk of I I could see why people want to play Hurts and he's so cheap. I just think the risk of a a game where he has like eight points is real. Like I think there's a game that the way that the Saints just the Saints are good. Yeah, they're really good. Their defense defense on fire. Defense, like they're playing really well. Yeah. Uh, Any love for Mitch Trubisky against Houston at fifty six hundred? No. Yeah, me either. I just. uh, it's a great matchup. Houston's terrible, but I just don't think there's enough upside in that, in that Bears passing game to do it. Why would I play Trubisky when David Montgomery's going to have three touchdowns? It's a fair point. That's exactly what happened last week. Except one of them yeah. was Cordero. But yeah. Um, let's jump into receivers. I think receivers are really fun this week too. But first a note from our sponsor, PropSwap. Smart sports bettors always know where to find the best odds before placing a bet. That's why smart bettors use PropSwap. 
You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like, but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Prop swap sellers are always willing to negotiate, and we all know bookies never will. And for a limited time, our listeners get up to $500 in bonus cash. Just use a promo code ROTO500. That's promo code ROTO500. And PropSwap will match your first deposit up to $500. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. Uh, with receivers, we've gotten to the point, kind of like Michael Thomas last year, we got to start at the one guy who separated himself at the top is Devontae Adams. 9,300 on DraftKings, 9,600 on FanDuel. Um, just a stud every week. Like last week, we're like, can we pay up for Adams? I did it. 10 for 121, two touchdowns on 12 targets. Like he has eight plus targets every full game he's played. He scored in seven straight games. And he has 11 touchdowns in that stretch. Like that is, it usually gets guys like, you know, you see the, the game log is like one, 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 one. You get like that weird, like six in a row. His is like one, one, two, three, two, one. It's, it's just a crazy game log to look at. Um, he's played nine full games this year. So he's played nine games. We played the full game. In five of those nine, he has been one of the top two receivers in the league. So not a, not a number one receiver. Like people use wide receiver one for like one through 12 on the week. He's in wide receiver one or two in 55% of the weeks he's played games. That is an impossible, insane stat. In today's NFL, we always get some receivers that go off. He's been five of the, 55% of the weeks he's been one or two. Like that's, that's the most amazing stat to me. That is pretty wild. Um, and it's a great matchup. Like yeah, Will, Fuller, I, I, Will Fuller went crazy against them two weeks ago. DJ Moore on our 27 yards before that. Like, it all lines up. It's just a matter of how you build your lineup this week if a $9,300 receiver makes sense or not. Um, yeah, I mean, it's expensive. Um, I, I think there are plenty of ways you can get him in. Like, it's it's yeah. not like a slate where it's, like, impossible to get him in. We talked about all these cheaper running backs you can play. Um, I think if you pay up for two running backs, then you're not probably getting anyone, any of the upper-tier guys. Um, and if you are, it's probably not Adams, but um, it's more like, I think it's going to come down to weird things like, do I want Adams or Aaron Jones or Adams or Eckler? Um, and then you have to see kind of like which um, $6,000 wide receivers there are. And if you'd rather just play Jonathan Taylor, then now you have a little bit money, a little bit more money to, to go get Adams. But I mean, there's never, I, I'm not sure what the price is that you get to the, where you're like, I can't play Adams at that price, but yeah. 9,300 is not it yet. Yeah, I think it really comes down to how you build your lineup this week. I think it, there's no there's no like me arguing against using him. There's I mean everything is positive for Adams and the way they run their offense inside the ten yard line is so absurd, but it's like so built to get Devontae Adams the ball. It's just they, they, it's just made for a receiver right now. But as we jump down a little bit, there's two interesting guys in the mid eights that I think are uh, are definitely worth discussing. The first is Tyreek Hill. The second is DK Metcalf. Tyreek Hill, I think we have this like thought in our minds. It's kind of like he's a boomer bust guy. Like if he hits the big play, he wins. His targets last four weeks since they've really opened up the offense. 18, 14, 15, and 10. Like double-digit targets four weeks ago is not what I think of when I think of Tyreek Hill. I think of, you know, seven targets and then he goes four for 106 and a touchdown. Like you get that one big 50-yard play. And they've they've changed how they run a little bit. Like they've thrown the ball a ton the last five weeks and it, or last five weeks, and it's Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey with a ton of targets every single week, the way they've built this offense right now. Um, you know, last week he had a, he had a penalty, he had the touchdown that everybody saw that he caught. They didn't, he didn't, he didn't know he caught it. Like yeah. he caught the ball bounce and nobody else saw it. So it was a touchdown that would have come back on reversal. They didn't challenge. And then he lost another one by penalty. Like it could have been a huge game. He was still six for 98 without all that. So still really good. You know, I think Miami, you, you think maybe can hang in this game a little more than most teams are only seven and a half point underdogs. He has 95 plus yards in 405. Miami has been pretty good, pretty good against wide receiver ones, but Tyreek Hill's in a spot right now where if you're going to give him double digit targets, like he is insanely dangerous. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think he laid it all out. Like there, yeah. <clears throat> I agree. He completely felt like a guy that was like uh, not a cash game play because he didn't yep. get enough targets. And if you're kind of relying on him, either catching a long ball or catching a short run and running it long, like you, you just can't do that. But yeah, the volume. I think the biggest thought is how much of a difference, uh, literally straight up fantasy point wise, am I getting if I play Hill over Travis Kelsey? And we'll get to tight end and why people tend not to play Travis Kelsey. But like, if Kelsey was a wide receiver at seven thousand, I don't like. I don't think anybody's playing Hill. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's just Kelsey's been crazy consistent too. Uh, but then right here at this price, 8400 we have DK Metcalf going against your Jets, who cannot stop the pass. Um, they've allowed six wide receivers over 90 yards the last six weeks. And that doesn't include Darren Waller, who literally just did whatever he wanted last week. Like, every time I looked up at that game, Waller was catching a 25-yard pass. He was They just could not stop Darren Waller. He had 200 yards on 13 catches. DK Metcalf, I mean, he's faced a bunch of stud cornerbacks. Like, the, the, like the last five weeks, he's faced, like, five of the eight best cornerbacks in football, or some stat it was. That ain't happening this week. The Jets are, are not running out Darrell Revis this week. There's nobody they're running out there. You can my Niners are the same way as with cornerbacks. So I'm not just ripping on your Jets. Uh, 21 targets the last two weeks. He kind of slowed down the targets two weeks prior. He had nine and two weeks prior, and then 21 the last two weeks. It's clear their offense right now is run the ball, throw the ball at DK Metcalf. It's the other guy. The Tyler Lockett's been a little bit phased out. Um, Metcalf at 8400. I, I I like a ton this week too. I, it's hard for me to 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 pick one between Metcalf and Hill, but I think I'm leaning a little bit towards Metcalf just based on the fact of the Jets can't stop anybody. Lockett's been phased out by getting nine targets in three of the last four games. So right. Like, not not so bad. But not not doing anything with him though. It's weird right, how yeah. they just they've been, he's like Catch under seventy yards. He's under seventy yards like five weeks in a row. Whenever we get to him, but. Uh, I don't know. I just think like every it feels like every time they throw the ball deep is to Metcalf, yeah. there's nobody out that they guard him. Unless the Jets like build their defense this week towards doubling him and like try and take him away and let everybody else beat him, they have no way to even stay with him right now. Nobody does though. Like Darius well, Slay had no chance. I mean, Patrick Peterson had like all these guys he's faced, like nobody's stopping him right now. It's just he's just an, uh, just a beast. Um, I think both of them are good enough to fade Adams. Yeah, I mean, you save if you're going to save a thousand nine hundred bucks from Adams, and use that at running back. Like you can, you can upgrade pretty nicely if you do. that. Yeah, if you're using it to like change the defense, I don't think that's worth it. But like that, it's a sizable difference, and those guys could absolutely kill the or the, Metcalf can kill the Jets. Hill can kill anybody he wants. I have them all kind of on the same tier this week, which leads me to probably take the guy that's eight or nine hundred dollars cheaper. Right. No, I think that's that's reasonable, and we hit on a number. I mean, for tournaments. If you are willing to just go cheap at running back, play all of them. Like there's there's there is a path to getting yeah. all three of these guys. Um, and frankly, in tournaments, you only need two running backs, two cheap running backs. So if you want to play Jonathan Taylor and JD McKissick, and then Adams Hill Metcalf, like it's not crazy. It's not impossible. Do you think the three of them are kind of um, similar-ish percentage owned? Do you think that one is? Do you think Adams is definitely the highest? Because I, I think the, I think the three, I think people just go, will start with Adams. And just go, go right to Adams. There. I think um, he'll be like a twenty-two percent guy, but the other guys will be like twelve to fifteen percent kind of thing. That seems reasonable. I haven't looked at. Uh, I'm trying to really, pull it up myself. Yeah, here. I was gonna say I haven't looked at really good ownership percentages yet, but that'd be my kind of ballparkish guess. Yeah, UF Collective has um, Adams first, Hill third, and Metcalf fifth. 
in terms of, I, I prefer to look at it that way as opposed to just raw. You're talking overall at the position. At the position, sorry, yes. Yeah. yeah. At the position. Who's, that, who's second? I'm curious. Uh, your boy, Corey Davis. I was like, DJ Moore's not playing. How can yeah. it be my boy? Corey, um, your new boy. Corey Davis is a freaking star. And DJ we'll Moore is the reason for the fourth one, who's Robbie Anderson. Yeah. And the thing now is with Julio out. Julio's out. Uh, Calvin Ridley's going to move up there, too, I think. Probably. He'll probably be in that top five-ish. So let's jump down to that range. There's a lot of uh, a lot of fun guys in the 7,000s. Um, Keenan Allen's a guy that we played a lot when he was priced down. He got priced up and hasn't done a lot lately. He's under 50 yards three last four weeks, but still a ton of targets. I find it hard. To, I found it hard this week to get in my lineup at 7,700. If I if I play a Herbert stack, then maybe I, maybe I do it and you know come back with with Ridley and figure out some cheaper running backs in there. But uh, I don't know. Atlanta's just so bad against receivers. They've been a little bit better lately. But 100 yards to Michael Thomas with Taysom Hill playing the last couple of weeks. Um, every time I look at Allen, I'm like, oh, I should just go get up to Metcalf or Hill. But you know the matchup's really good. Yeah, I never fault anyone for playing Keenan Allen. I think there will be some people who look at that recent. Uh, production and think maybe they can get away with Mike Williams, um, who's much further down the list, and he's also much further down the target list. So, like, yeah, um, yeah no, I think, I mean, you talked about, like, Ridley is $200 less than Keenan Allen on DraftKings, and I think a lot of people are going to go there. Anytime Julio's out, um, people jump to there. I mean, the Minnesota guys aren't cheap. We talked about kind of game stacking them, but you're, you're actually going to get the Tampa Bay receivers cheaper, uh, even though you're, you want to play Brady. Yeah. Um, but it's funny to finally see Jefferson above Thielen. Yeah, Je- Jefferson's on. Like, I, Thielen's so good in the red zone, they use the targets. But, like, Justin Jefferson, I mean, 25 targets the last two weeks. He has four touchdowns the last three weeks, 70-plus yards each of the last four weeks. Like, he's just – he's so involved right now. He's just a deep ball guy that, like, the upside is there. But if you're going to give him the upside plus the targets, which build in the floor, like, it's just – it's hard to argue against Jefferson against a team that – um, can stop the run really well, but I tell you what, against the pass, Tyreek went bonkers against them when the last game they played. They had a bye last week, the last game they played. But the week before that, I mean, uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup had over 130 yards each. Uh, the week before that, DJ Moore again. DJ Moore's all over the place. <laughs> this dude is so good. Uh, 96 yards and a touchdown the week before that. I just, I don't think Minnesota, it's interesting we'll see what Minnesota does because Dalvin Cook's so good, but I just don't know if he'll be able to run the ball. I mean, yeah. he's so good that maybe they'll, they'll have to stick with it because it's such an elite running back, but I think they're going to get behind. I think Tampa Bay is going to score on the Minnesota defense. And I think that I think Jefferson and Thielen are still really, really live, even at the prices. Totally agree. I think they're, they jump out at me. Like I, I like AJ Brown, if, if he's, if, is he going to play? So he's not even I think practicing he, this week. I, I think he's going to, I think he's going to play, but yeah, he's, he's a little banged up. But obviously the, the Corey Davis hype is going to make everybody just fade AJ Brown anyway. Um, and like Michael Thomas it, makes sense, I guess, if you're going to get, all of Taysom Hill's targets, but um, yeah, just like the Minnesota guys just seem like such outliers in this group. It's funny because if you want to, if you want a low percentage GPP stud, DeAndre Hopkins is 7,600 and no one is going to own him. I'm not, I'm not either. I, I just, won't. I, yeah. <laughs> there's no way with the way they run the offense. I'm not interested at all, but I tell you what, he's going to be 4% this week. Yeah. Good point. The AJ Brown thing is weird. Like AJ Brown's so good. And you see these highlights of him breaking tackles and scoring. They were down 38 to 3 last week at halftime. He had four catches. That seems crazy. Like he, he's it's weird. Earlier in the year, we were like, he's the boomer bus guy, and then he got a bunch of targets. And the last like that's six straight weeks where AJ Brown has four or fewer catches. Which is and he scores every week. So like yeah. you can 
kind of figured out, but like he has to score to work. Like he just he's not catching eight or nine balls a week. It's it's very interesting how they're how they're really Corey Davis last week was eleven catches or whatever it was, like crazy. But they're they're back to using him as the kind of that that boomer boomer bust big play big play guy. Yeah, and Johnu Smith is back, so like theoretically that's another end zone target that they have that they don't have to use Brown for. So not that he's you like want- Mike Evans back there, but still. Can I can I give you one more impossible stat with the AJ Brown Corey Please. Davis game? The Jaguars allowed a hundred yard receiver in eight straight football games. <laughs> That's hard to do. Like Ugh. at some point you gotta face a team that like doesn't have receivers or runs the ball so much it doesn't matter. Eight straight games, someone has a wide receiver a hundred yards against them. That's that's pretty wild. Yeah. So. Let's bring it. Let's jump down. I loved Julio Jones, 1,600. He is out officially. He's not playing this week because of the hamstring. So that probably saved me a lot of money because he was probably going to play four plays. And then- <laughs> so thank, th- I'm thankful for that. Um, just under 7,000. There's a couple of guys I really like this week. One of them is my favorite play of the week at wide receiver. Um, it's not Al Robbins. I do like Al Robbins. He's not my favorite play. But 6,800 against Houston. We talked about how the Houston defense is not good. Um, if it's weirdly like Al Robbins has become this like floor guy. Like he has six plus catches the last five weeks, but he had the one game with two touchdowns, but he's not like having huge games. Great matchup. Even T Y Hilton, the ghost of your boy had 110 yards of touchdown <laughs> last week. Um, they give us a big game. So wide receiver runs. I think Allen Robinson is very much in play this week. And I don't think he's going to be that popular. He, this is the one that's your favorite in this group. No, it's not. He, oh, I like it. Okay. I have one hundred dollars less. That's my favorite play so far this week. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like, uh, I Robinson is kind of play that like he always he's good enough where like always if he's something. on a GPP winning team you're like oh yeah like he's good but like I'm I'm not going out of my way to get Mitchell Trubisky's top target. That's, that's the problem is just the quarterback. So as we jump down though, I love Terry McLaurin this week. Wow. Sixty seven hundred. Love Terry McLaurin this week. Um, I love good receivers coming off super quiet games. Uh, I imagine he's uh, he's mentioning that in the in the wide receiver room all week that he had he had two catches last week for fourteen yards. The Niners just can't cover the deep ball on the edge is what it comes down to. Like the Niners are their their linebackers are still good enough that they can kind of cover the middle of the field. Their cornerbacks are horrible right now. Richard Sherman can't stick with anybody right now. Like I just think he's not fully healthy. Um Kwan Williams is out. He's hurt. He's suspended and on the COVID. I think he's like hit all three of the the, the IRs at the same time. Uh Keller Witherspoon is so bad at not even put him in the game. Jason Verrett's playing pretty well, but I don't think the Niners can stop run receivers right now. Um Cole Beasley, uh, Gabriel Davis, and Stephon Diggs last week were 22 for 290. <laughs> I looked at that. I'm like, I'm sure I typoed that, and it was 209. It was 290. Like, Cole Beasley had 100 yards in the first half. Like, yeah. it's just – they can't – Josh Allen was out of his mind, played awesome. But I get it's with Alex Smith. Um, you know, Devontae Adams and TK Mack have 150-plus yards against them. Like, big receivers, stud receivers – have been awesome against the 49ers. Each had over 150 yards in week eight and nine. Before this, uh, the bad game last week, uh, McLaurin had over 74 yards in six straight games. Um, season low in targets. He had five plus catches in those six games. I just think McLaurin's in a perfect spot this week. I think people may be off him a little bit. I looked at the uh, one ownership percentage that had him way down the list. I was really surprised by that. I think 6,700 Terry McLaurin, my favorite wide receiver play of the week. Wow. I, I'm looking at the ones we have on Rotowire for, from UF Collective, and he is... Far down the list. Oh, I love that. Let's keep him down there. Let's let let's nobody talk about him right. for the next three days. So is Justin Jefferson though. Oh, I don't know if that's they're good. together. Yeah, he's exp- uh, expensive though. Um, I, just I, don't think the, I think only the Niners can stop really good receivers right now, and it has been the case for like six straight weeks. Yeah, I play Terry McLaurin a lot less than I probably should, and I 
am probably not playing him this week, which is just adding to the list of times I should have played him. But when you cut the video clip, cut that one right there, so I can uh, I can play it back when he has nine for one twenty five and right. two touchdowns. Right. No, I um. The game, the game has to work out a little bit well. I like the fact that they are, you know, at San Francisco, but they're indoors on the turf in, in Arizona, so you have no weather or wind issues, which you do, do have some time. Although not as much in Santa Clara as you did in San Francisco, but I just the Niners, I think, can score enough that uh, they'll make this game. I think the Washington defense is a good play too. Just I think they got sacks and Mullins will make mistakes, but I think the Niners will move the ball enough. I mean, last week against Buffalo, they got killed, but they had six point six yards per play. Like the offense actually moved the ball pretty well. They just they just stall themselves and make stupid mistakes. But I think they're going to do enough. This game will be a little bit more high scoring than people think. I think that I think McLaurin's going to go wild. Isn't isn't it grass? Yeah, they wheel it in, but like, yeah, they it's do, still, right? It's still a fast surface. And yeah, it's, uh, it's just perfect grass. Tyler Murray looks fast on it, doesn't that? Yeah. Look well? um, yeah, it's actually kind of cool how they wheel it in and out. I've been yeah. down there, and it's it's, it's cool to see. But, Very cool. Yeah, I love I love him at this at this price. He's the, you know, under seven thousand. I think for this level of receivers, again, a good matchup is. Uh, I just think he's going to go crazy this week. Okay. I mean, but I mean, you're obviously very into it. Um, but like, I think everybody's playing Robbie Anderson in this range. I think everybody's playing Robbie Anderson. He's priced way down at 6,200. Uh, we sounds like DJ Moore is not going to play. He's on the COVID list. They have not ruled him out, but hard to see him like suddenly jumping in and playing. But yeah, I mean, Anderson was what four for 94 and a touchdown last week against Minnesota. His targets have been really good the last four weeks and should be super active if, if DJ Moore doesn't play. So Denver's only allowed, uh, hasn't allowed 100 yards to receiver since week nine. Do you know who that receiver was in week nine? There's a reason I'm asking you. Perriman? <laughs> That's a good guess. It was uh, Olamide Zacchaeus. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that I think the, the Robbie Anderson love, I think if Mike Adams doesn't play, there's going to be a lot of Chris Godwin. It's going to help McLaurin's percentage go down even more. But yeah, I, I can't argue against, it's against Anderson 6,200 all this week. I mean, if they, if more doesn't play, it's a really good play. Yeah, Curtis Samuel is playing. Yeah. Um, he was activated, so um, yeah. I mean, it feels like it's been a while before since I've looked at Robbie Anderson and like wanted to play him. And looking at Godwin, who's so close, it's just like I'm not sure I need to play Teddy Brid- Bridgewater's top weapon when I can have Tom Brady's. Maybe. Yeah, that's and that's fair. And I mean, Samuel playing at 5200 is interesting in that offense too. If you want to get it, you could just get it a little cheaper if Moore doesn't play. But I liked Godwin. Even if Evans plays, I just think that I think this feels like they're kind of ramping up Godwin a little bit. He has 25 targets the last three games, 90 plus yards in two of those three. And just kind of for a guy who was a stud and like second round draft pick in fantasy leagues, he's kind of under the radar right now. Six plus catches four games in a row. I think the Minnesota defense is going to struggle. They've allowed 19 touchdowns to wide receivers. That's tied for the league lead. Uh, they've been a little bit better lately, but like your point earlier, they faced the Bears, the Cowboys, the Panthers, and the Jaguars, who, you know, not a lot of receiving uh, acumen right there. The Cowboys have a lot of good receivers, but it was with, you know, a weak quarterback. Um, I just like the Tampa offense this week, and I think Godwin's going to be the piece that I'm going to want from that. Yeah, I think he'll be the most popular one in that in this price range. I do too. Uh, yeah, him and Anderson. I think Anderson would probably be right there, right? Probably, yeah. Him and Anderson. Um, as we drop down, uh, we've got Corey Davis, who is also going to be popular. They did price him up a little bit, but still 5,700. I went through the stats last week, why I liked him so much. He's just so involved right now. I mean, he has, he has, he's played nine games Four of those are over hundred yards. Doesn't have a game all year. He doesn't have either 65 yards or a touchdown. Like he's just every single week. I think he's double, double dip points every single week, but one, uh, he was obviously huge last week, 11 for 182. I just, I don't know. I can't argue against Corey Davis, 5,700 right now. He's just, he's rolling. Yep. I mean, we talk about who guys who are going to be popular. He's absolutely going to be, I think, the top pay down uh, option this week. 
I, I mean, think as much that, as you can pay down at fifty seven hundred on DraftKings. Yeah, I, I I think I fully agree there, and I, I mean he's gonna be he's gonna be really popular. It's just coming off that week, still under six thousand. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard for people not to play him. Right. So it's weird. Like they him and AJ Brown have played eight games together. He's outscored AJ Brown in five of those eight. And he's out targeted him in six of those eight. Like he's just been better in the games they play, which is crazy. I mean, AJ Brown is the more talented stud player, but Corey Davis has been better so far in games they both played. It's it's a wild, wild stat to think of. Yeah, they're finally Davis is finally like turning into the guy that we all thought he was gonna be when he was drafted. Yeah, I mean he was a really high draft pick, and you're right, he's finally becoming that guy. So one more guy in this range I wanted to ask you about. So if I told you we got a guy at fifty four hundred whose last four games are six for one fifteen, eight for ninety one in a touchdown, seven for seventy five in a touchdown, five for ninety five in a touchdown. And he's fifty four hundred. You'd be pretty fired up about that, right? Yeah, I love Brandon Ayuk. Wow, good luck. See, you're better at that game than I am. You give me someone I always mess with. No, Brandon the, uh... Ayuk. That's his last four games. Yeah. I, I'm a Niners fan. He missed two of those games. I think one was COVID, one was injury. Maybe he went with COVID twice. I forget. But last four games have been awesome for a guy at this price range. Yeah. Uh, and that's with, like, Mullins. Mullins just like, likes him. I think uh, He does. They mesh well. Yeah. We keep talking to like Debo, I feel like is the one that everyone's like, oh, if he's in, then like he's the guy and all this stuff. But like, Ayuk's been a beast. And yeah. uh, and I, I love Debo, but I don't get why he's $1,000 more. Right. Exactly. Um, no, I think Ayuk is like a perfect pivot from Corey Davis. I do too. I think that uh, in a GPP kind of thing where everybody has Davis, if you can get to Ayuk, and I, like I said, I think this game's going to be a little more high scoring than people think. I know it's one of the lower totals. I think it goes over. Washington's a tough matchup, but like Deontay and, and uh, James Washington had 151 yards and two touchdowns last week combined. Amari had a buck 12 the week before that. So they do get to the quarterback and rush well, but you can, you can get them a little bit on the on the outside if you're a good receiver. I, I was surprised. I'm a 49ers fan. I watch all their games. I was surprised how good his numbers were the last four weeks. I didn't like I think the two missed games in there maybe got me off that streak a little bit, but he's been really good. It's funny to consider that you'd want to line up with Ayuk and McLaurin and have absolutely zero thought like zero thought of playing Mullins or Smith. Zero thought. Yes. We didn't even <laughs> like there's no way I want any of them. But right. I think that there's enough there that, I mean, you look at Ayuk's targets last three weeks, 11, 14 and nine. So it's not like he's just hitting a big play and that's it. Like he's super involved at all points. It's uh, the Niners year has been an absolute disaster in so many ways, but having Ayuk and Debo as your two receivers going forward for the next, you know, however many years is, is really, really intriguing. He's really good. Like, the rookie wide receivers this season are just insane, which makes awesome. like Denzel Mims' constant injury is just a killer. Yeah, and this week obviously is a family thing, so that's tough too. But he's not playing. But um, so what about? Uh, I've got a little, we got a little bit long here, but what about receive, uh, Kiki Kuti here at receiver? He's five thousand. He was thirty five hundred last week and um, came through gigantically well. Obviously, eight for one forty one on nine targets, had a, more action than Brandon Cooks did. Kiki Kuti has three hundred yard games in his career. All three against the Colts, which is the weirdest stat of all time. Like, I don't know how that's possible. But price is still pretty good. Chicago got lit up by Detroit wide receivers last week to a huge degree. I think they have like 300 yards or something like that to all the Detroit wide receivers combined. Uh, are you back to Kuti at 5,000 this week? No. I, I, I mean, the Chicago defense is one that like I tend not to want to play against. And so um, it's as simple as that. Like, I... I just don't, I don't love this game either. Right. I, being outside in Chicago in December sounds pretty horrible when I could just play Corey Davis down in Florida. Yeah, I think that the, the Iuke and Davis in there, like kind of in the same-ish range, uh, makes it tough for me on Kuti also off the big game. Yeah. 
Uh, before I jump down to the guys in the three thousands, or anybody else in the four thousands that you're that you like this week, you mentioned Mike Mike Williams earlier. Like he's become a real boomer bust guy. But if you like if you like that game to get a little squirrely and back and forth, I can see playing him at forty seven hundred. But obviously some risk there. Uh, we got you know T Y Hilton and Michael Pittman at five thousand fifty one hundred. I just think it's hard to to figure out who in the in the offense is going to do well each week. So I'm kind of avoiding them there. But anybody else in like the four thousands, low fives you like? Um. I'm more on the and the guys underneath, but like I think you could yeah, make like if you want to try one of the Denver guys, like going like I don't think there are any cash plays down here. I'll put it that way. Everybody else, it just GPP flyers that maybe pay off. So what about under four thousand? Is there anybody in particular you do like this week? I mean, I was looking at Perriman, um, the expectation I, that the Jets are going to have to throw, and they're throwing against a defense that's been exposed plenty. There's no Mims. Uh, I kind of considered Crowder a little bit, but I think he's a little too expensive for being on such a garbage team. So, um, but yeah, I think Perriman kind of came out a little bit. And then um, I was looking at um, Mooney, if he was going to play, but I feel like Mooney's the kind of play that like every week I'm going to look and be like, I think I like Mooney this week. And then you look more into it and you're just like, maybe I don't. (laughs) I had, uh, I had five guys down here. I had two of them bolded. Mooney was down here, but not bolded. Um, Good matchup against Houston. I can see playing at 3,500, 15 targets last two weeks. Yeah. Hasn't done a lot with them. No. And it's Trubisky. You get the Trubisky stuff again. Uh, Paramount was one of the bolded ones. If you wanted a piece of the Jets offense, they're going to cheap and they're going to throw all, all second half against a defense that's, you know, has been thrashed by, by passers most of the year. Mims is out, as you mentioned. Um, only one for 22 last week. Did have four targets, but it was four for 79 the week before that. Yeah. So I think that at 3,900, I think it's a, it's a pretty good way to get the matchup. But there's a guy down here I really, really like this week. At 3,800 is Michael Gallup against Cincinnati. Hmm. Uh, Michael Gallup has been, is a stud, but has been kind of quiet most of the year. You know, they have they have Cooper, they have CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz in there for a while. Last two games with Andy Dalton, though. 19 targets for Gallup, 13 catches. Uh, he was 7 for 86 last week on 11 targets. You're going to give me someone down here that's getting targets and is an absolute stud of a player. Like, you, we always down here, you either get like, Someone that's really good who's not getting a lot of action or someone who's getting a lot of action who's not really good. Right. <laughs> right now, you're getting both with Gallup. And I understand that the way this offense runs, like they maybe it's a CeeDee Lamb week or an Amari Cooper week. But at 3,800, I'm willing to take the chance that it's enough of a Michael Gallup week that uh, against a bad defense um, with the talent and recent usage, I'm, I'm all in on Gallup this week at, at a really cheap price. And I think he's only cheap because he had, he, had, he had the big game on whatever that was, Monday or Tuesday. I forget now. I think it was Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday against the Ravens. Um, but he looked good. Dalton was looking at him. Dalton consistently went to him. I think he has a connection with Dalton. I just think he's. I think he's too. He's too cheap this week for how talented he is. Yeah, I think that's that's a fun one um, because it just seemed like Dak forgot about him. Yeah, and, and so, it was like he had that one big week, but like every other week that was, was it. Yeah, Lamb or, or Cooper, and that was it. Yeah, right. And even that big week, it was only six catches. Like it's yeah. not like it was fourteen. And he's like a deeper threat than than uh, Cooper and Lamb are anyway, but. Uh, you give me like seven or eight targets for Gallup at 3,800. I think he's a slam dunk. I, I I can't guarantee the targets, but like if you told me ahead of time, like he had seven targets, I think he's just a, such a great play this week. And I think the last two weeks, 19 targets with Dalton, I, I think he's a pretty good chance he gets that number. Yeah, that's a fun that's a fun one. I like that. Be in a lot of my lineups this week. He's low down on the ownership projection list. I hope that stays the same. Fun. I kind of thought he would jump out a little bit just because of the name, but I, I'd love him to stay down there. That'd be great. Yeah. Who else and you I had down like, here? 
I had Colin Johnson again. He had uh, 14 targets last couple weeks, but against the Jacksonville, like it just it's hard to figure out who week by week who's going to do anything. Good game script though. High total against Tennessee. 52 and 39 snaps last two weeks. He seems like he and Mike Glennon have kind of a, a connection, which, you know, you mentioned last week that, you know, the guy coming as a backup, maybe he works with those guys more than the, than the starters. And um, so I think he's interesting at 3,600, but like there's no way I'd play him over Gallup or Perriman. Do you know who has just as many targets in his last three games as Johnson? Uh, Who's the exact same price? Oh, he's actually LaVisca, $100 more. LaVisca Chenault? Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne. Sticking with the 49ers. You never uh, like Bourne. Never. I just... Bourne drives me nuts because he drops so many passes. So as a 49ers fan, it's like frustrating because I just remember like, oh, look, third and six, eight-yard plate of Kendrick Bourne drop. So it's like, but they like him in the red zone. They use him a lot. I just think with Debo and Ayuk healthy, it's hard yeah. for me to get to Bourne. Ironically, your other boy who drops passes to Marcus Robinson is only $100 more than those two. No thanks there. And then the other guy was Cam Sims in this game against the 49ers. He's 3100 um, I only noted him because he had nine targets for the for the Washington football team. I almost messed it up again. Uh, five for 92. Uh, I don't know. I just think there's enough guys down here that I like more. But um, he's he's kind of breaking out a little bit. A really nice one-handed catch on the sideline that was impressive. And um, he kind of looked for the part last week against Pittsburgh. But uh, I probably need to see one more week of him to play him in a, in a bunch of lines. But I think he's a 3,100 flyer if you're, like, stuck down here and you need a price. I think he's an, he's an okay guy. Uh, Sure. And the Niners can't stop receivers, so there is that. Uh, uh, yeah. I guess tight end, tight end uh, Kelsey and Waller are easily the highest 7,400 for Kelsey 6,800 for Waller off the, uh, off the, the really big game last week. Uh, are you finding yourself able to get the, able to get these two guys in this week? Uh, I think they're close enough that I'm just like, I, there's no way I play Waller over Kelsey. Like none. I agree there. I um, think if it, it, it was 1600, maybe, but 600, I think I'd have to go to Kelsey. Yeah. And so just think of all of the, um, the cheap, wide receivers we were just talking about. And that's who you have to choose from if you want to play Kelsey. It's like that's almost every line of construction requires you to get, you're not going to get a 3000 or $3,500 or a $3,800 running back that is going to do anything enough for you. Certainly not going to be a quarterback. So if you want Kelsey, you need a very, at least one very cheap wide receiver. And so, but that's just the way you look at it. If, if you think that, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, it off you know, easy 2v2. You go like someone like Ridley and Perriman or or with Ridley and uh, like Logan Thomas right. or Kelsey and Perriman, something like that. Exactly. Like it's just uh, you. I usually find myself playing the more expensive wide receiver, but like Kelsey's so good and so consistent right now. Like I would argue less hard than I normally would against the expensive tight end, but he has eight plus catches in five straight games. Like mm-hmm. that's an insane amount of – that's not targets. That's catches. 100 plus yards in 405 like he's just he's he's so so best better than every other tight end right now it's just he's the one guy that i could, I could argue for yeah I, I think like i said it before like if he was a wide receiver you would absolutely lock him in at 7400 yep and yeah, so think- if you would rather lock him in with brashad perriman and and not play uh i mean there there are cheap um tight ends that people i mean people always play cheap tight ends Always, yeah. But there are plenty of them this week in the kind of low four thousand, high three thousand range. That, yeah, um, it's certainly not a double tight end week. But in the um, in kind of the mid rate, I think the double tight end week won the millionaire last week. Or there was a top five with Waller and Robert Tunyon. I forget it was. It was. It, I know it was a top five team. I don't know if they won, but it was a top five team that had those two guys. Right. Well, Waller put up a wide receiver score. 
he certainly put up a stud wide receiver score for sure. Um, in the mid range, um, TJ Hawkinson's playing really well right now. He's 5,000. Um, his three best yardage games of the whole season have been the last three weeks, 68, 89, and 84 yards. So he's rolling right now pretty well. I think without Kenny Galladay, he, he, he's, he's really a big part of that, of that offense. So I could play him at 5,000. Uh, Mike Kosicki, who's been kind of quiet for a while, has kind of broken out with Tua. Uh, he was nine for 88 in a touchdown on 11 targets last week. He has, he has 40 plus yards in four of the last five games. At 4,500, I think he's interesting just because of the game script. I think they're going to have to throw a lot against the Chiefs, so I think he works too in that mid-range. I'd play him over your boy Hunter Henry. I'd play him over Evan Ingram. Um, what about uh, cheap tight ends? Who do you like uh, kind of down low this week? Um, I like Jonu Smith because anybody who plays Jacksonville, I feel like you have to at least consider. Um, mm-hmm. Smith just doesn't – like he just doesn't get any volume. And not like tight ends get like a ton of volume, although we were just talking about Gusecki getting 11 targets. But like – yeah. Um, if you told me Jonu Smith like hasn't had more than five targets all season, I believe you. I mean, he's had six in back-to-back games, so like I realize that's not right, but like yeah, it's six in back-to-back games, so it's not. I mean, but he's, there's a reason why he's thirty-nine hundred. Um, I think Tanyan is fine again, like for the amount that the Packers like to throw. Like it seems like every week there's a play where he has like nobody within fifteen yards of him when he catches the pass. Like, yeah. I guess everybody goes to Adams and they run deep with MVS across the middle of Lazard and Tunyon's like, all right, I'm cool here. But uh, Debbie seems like he's involved. I mean, the targets aren't huge, but he's caught, he has 20 targets the last four weeks. He's caught 18 of them. Like that's pretty impressive. And he's a touchdown in three straight games. So yeah. um, that's there. Um, I think, I think all of these guys are the same. And so like just flip a coin and it does, it actually doesn't even matter which one you pick. So he getting a little cheaper, 3,300. I think Logan Thomas, we talked about him a bunch earlier in the year when he's getting targeted. It's interesting. He had a big game last week. He had nine targets yeah. against Pittsburgh, nine for 98. Uh, his first game over four catches, so we don't want to get carried away here. But he scored the last couple of weeks. Again, I think the Niners you know, have trouble stopping people, but I, I, I like receivers against them more than tight ends. But I think Logan Thomas, if you want to get really cheap. The other guy down here who's kind of interesting at 2,900 is Cole Komet uh, against, uh, for the Bears against Houston again. Uh, he's played. He's kind of like part of the offense last couple of weeks, which he wasn't early. He's played 54 snaps each of the last two weeks. Um, Jimmy Graham is old and bad, uh, but committed five for 37 touchdown last week on seven targets. He's a guy that has some athleticism, some skill, good matchup. Uh, if you're gonna get under 3,000, you know I think he's a decent stab, and you hope maybe he gets 50 yards and scores. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, it's fine. He was my one guy over under three thousand. If you need to get cheap here, I think that uh, I think he presents a little bit of upside for the price. Yeah, I would almost guarantee that one of Jacob Hollister or Will Disley scores. I just don't know which one. Yeah, good luck trying to figure out Seattle tight ends week right. to week. It's but one of them's great. definitely scoring. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's jump into defenses real quick. Um, I'm going to start with you. There's a couple, like three defenses I like, kind of each price range. Uh, who are you? Uh, who are you thinking this week? Uh, I was kind of all over the place, but. Uh, they've been really just horrific all season. Um, but, and you know me, I start from bottom up uh, when right. I go defenses. But the Cowboys against the Bengals at 2,400, like... One of, one of my three bolded, yeah. Yeah, so like I, I think that's going to be the popular pay down one just because uh, the Cincinnati offense is kind of a hot mess. And so, uh, I mean, mess. like you said, the Cowboys defense is not good either. But, uh, you know, we play defenses to that are relying on mistakes and you just have to hope that the Cincinnati Bengals make the mistakes like they normally do. Since he's allowed 16 sacks the last four games, uh, Brent Allen's thrown four picks in his three games. Like you could see a big play coming for that game, just by how inept the Cincinnati offense is. Yeah, for sure. 
They're 2,400 on DraftKings, 3,500 on FanDuel. I think they're going to be very popular. I think they'll be popular on FanDuel because there's it's harder to find cheaper defenses there because yeah. they price the other ones up. I mean, the obvious one that sticks out is the Saints this week. I mean, the Philly offensive line is just an utter mess. We talked about last week with Green Bay. They had seven more sacks allowed last week. Like, it, I mean, Green Bay didn't do a lot in terms of turnovers and touchdowns, but like seven sacks. Like, they just built such a nice floor. The Saints defense is rolling right now. 12 sacks last week. So I think if you're – they're only 3,800 on DraftKings. They're 4,900 on FanDuel. Um, I think the Saints, if anybody's paying up, are going to be pretty darn popular this week too. Yeah, we've seen – we've had, I feel like, a number of weeks with over $4,000 uh, defenses yeah. on DraftKings. 3,800 is the highest this week. So, I thought the Saints were going to be like 4,500 this week. I thought they were going to be really highly priced. Yeah, I think – yeah, I think they're fine. Um, I kind of like the Titans against Jacksonville at 3,100 just because – um, the Titans have like guys on defense who can make plays, particularly with with returns. And Jacksonville is terrible, so uh, <laughs> they're bad. There's there's that. Um, and obviously, Seattle at home against the Jets at three thousand is is pretty cheap. Jamal yeah. Adams seems like a revenge re- the revenge game there, right? Right, an actual revenge game. I know he yeah. played for the Jets. <laughs> now, granted, this game's in Seattle, so it's not full revenge, but. Uh, Yes, the LG's coming on a little bit. 14 sacks the last four weeks. The Jets have allowed a lot of sacks. The Jets have a lot of turnovers. I can see that. I think that one would be pretty popular, too. The other one I like that I thought was going to be popular, and as, as I went through, I think a lot of people are going to play the Cowboys or Seattle or the Saints, is, is Washington against the Niners. Um, they had uh, they had no sacks last week against Pittsburgh, but that's Pittsburgh. Like Ben doesn't get sacked. They had four sacks each of the prior two weeks. The Niners have not allowed a lot of sacks, but I just – Nick Mullins, I watched these games – He's really okay when he's like a clean pocket. Like he's he's fine. He can do what he needs to do. He's horrible under pressure. And I think he's gonna get pressured this week. The, the Washington's gonna get gonna get pressure. Mullins is a four point nine YPA when he faces pressure. Like he's just really bad. There's a couple couple plays last week against the Bills where he got felt rushed and like all of a sudden he's just like throwing the ball and he doesn't really look great. He's, and he's a receiver in the area, but like he's got three guys on him and it's just like. I think you're gonna have some. You're gonna have a couple of bad mistakes. It's just a matter if Washington turns them into interceptions and returns. Right. But I think at 2800, 3900 on Fanduel, I think Washington is a, a really good play if you want to get away from Seattle and be a little different. Um, I think I think Nick Mullins gives Washington a couple chances to make big plays. You just have to have to convert them. Yeah, that's a fun fun pivot. I see a lot of people liking the Niners D this week. Uh, I saw that like on on one side I looked at they were the number one projected defense. Wow. They were really bad against Buffalo. Like, get they were really good the prior two weeks against the, I think the Saints and the Rams, they played pretty well. They had five sacks and six turnovers in those games. They own Jared Goff, but uh, Washington has allowed multiple sacks in every single game all year, which is kind of a crazy stat. I just, uh, I think if I'm going to go in that game, I'm going to go the other side of it. And so I probably won't have much Niners defense. That's fair. Yeah. Last one I wanted to mention, um, Drew Locke has thrown an interception in 11 straight games. Uh, I think one of those is, is it was Hinton, so I, I'm a little bit off, but the Broncos have thrown interceptions 11 straight games, nine in the last four games. So, you know, Carolina defense scored twice the week before. They were off last week and they scored twice. The, the Jeremy Chin back-to-back uh, touchdown plays, which is pretty wild. But um, I think if you're looking for a big play, Carolina, you know, probably underlooked this week with the other team defense we mentioned, uh, make a little bit of sense with how loose Drew Locke is with the ball. Yeah, I'd probably play Carolina over Washington. Okay, that's fair. You don't have as much Nick Mullins fear I don't, as I no. <laughs> I just, like, every time he gets pressure, I'm like, oh, God, we're so Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> so. Kind of a big slate. We went a little bit long there, but uh, it's a 13-game slate. That kind of happens. Anybody else that uh, you feel like we missed or mentioned? I think we've hit everybody that I want to talk about, at least. Yeah, no. Uh, we're good to go. Michael Gallup and Terry McLaurin week, I'm telling you. Love it. I like it. We got to build off the Corey Davis love from last mm-hmm. week. 
Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to the Roto-Wire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. We greatly appreciate that. If you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, he's at Roto-Wire Andrew. I am at Scott Jenstead, Jenstead, J-E-N-S-T-A-D. If you have any questions for us on there as injuries break and stuff happens uh, over the weekend, uh, definitely let us know on there. Other than that, hope you guys have a great week 14. We'll be on week 15 with you next Friday. Everybody take care and have a great weekend. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.